Thank you for tuning in to the Just Believe Podcast. I'm your host, HP Mac. I appreciate you listening to this podcast. This podcast is raw, authentic, and unscripted. With that being said, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Just Believe Podcast. Today, I'm honored to have this lovely young lady. Um, I've been following her for a while on Instagram. Went down to the magical rabbit hole of uh, hashtags. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was just looking for something different. Um, we have, unfortunately, we have so many podcasts out there that you don't get to catch a good one, right? And for some reason, I, I guess because of the title <laughs> of her podcast, <laughs> was like, oh, okay, like, unfuck your, your head. Like, what is that? And I went down the rabbit hole and I listened to not only one episode, I listened to about five. And I was like, wow, her story is so powerful. I have to connect. And she's speaking the same language as me. And I feel like she's human and relatable. Instantly, I followed her. And this is Kat. How are you doing? I'm doing great. HB, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really uh, excited thank, to do thank this. Thank you for, for doing this. I mean, I'm thrilled, to be honest. Um, you know, you allowed me to be a guest on your platform, which I'm grateful for. And I wasn't even expecting that. I I just was trying to get a chance to get to know you and look look where we're at now, you know? Yeah, no, it was it was definitely um uh, a highlight of my day. And as you saw, I was so excited about your story and, and how we connected that I had to publish it that day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for it. And Thank I did it. I did. I did it. I got it under the wire. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, didn't it wasn't closer to midnight. It was it was good. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was fun. It was it, it was unplanned. And then like this is how I designed my podcast. I want you to be you, you know, be the awesome cat that I know <laughs> that I like <laughs> to listen to. Um Thank you. on the podcast. So, tell people who you are and what you're about. All right. Well, I'll start with the podcast and kind of work my way backward. Yeah. That's um fine. The, the podcast is really kind of like my baby right now. It is um, years in the making, though I didn't really realize it was years in the making because um, it only kind of stumbled upon my lap about a year ago. Um, I was having a conversation with my good friend, Tim, and I'm not even sure how he got on the topic, but he he looked at me and he said, you know, you should make a podcast. And all of the things that I had been struggling with in my practice and with reaching people, um, I wanted to reach more people, um, just clicked, just made sense. And I, I took it off. I, I said, you know, I know nothing about podcasting. I know nothing about production. Um, I am not very tax savvy. Tax savvy. Um, and I decided I was going to do it anyway. And it was 100% driven and is still 100% driven with the idea that we are all human beings. We are all struggling. There's not a, a person on this planet that doesn't have a struggle, that doesn't have some pain inside of them that they're, they're dealing with. And we need, we need that to be expressed outwardly to our society because <clears throat> too often we feel alone and we feel like everyone else has it together and everyone else has a better life. And so being able to produce a podcast that really has people share their real true stories gets the word out that, you know, what you're struggling with and what I'm struggling with is the same. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we got. No, no, exactly. You know, um, when you, 
when you see some of your friends, you don't realize like, oh, hey, they, they, they have issues. Or even your favorite celebrities, you like, oh, man, like their life looks perfect. It looks amazing. But yeah. honestly, they're human, you know? Um, I think I remember um, Robin Williams, right? Like probably by far, like one of my favorite actors as like a kid. Hands down. And, you know, you see him do all these phenomenal roles and make these phenomenal kids movies. And people are like, man, how, why would he do such a thing to himself like that? And I was like, you never know what someone's going through. Just because they put on that, that mask is what I call it. You just don't understand the pain that they're really dealing with, you know? Exactly. And, and we grow up like part of our human nature is we grow up from young childhood all the way through adulthood, um, looking to others to tell us who we are, looking to others to tell us where we fit. And obviously with the increase in social media, we're getting more and more false messages about what we should look like and what we should do and what life looks like. That's quote normal. Um, and that's just, worsening our self-esteem and worsening our sense of what's real and what's not real. And so with the podcast, it's really bringing it back down to, you know, what Robin Williams was struggling with was depression. And he, I'm certain he had it for many years and he's not an anomaly. Sadly, yeah. there's a lot, a lot of people out there and the more we talk about it and the more we say like, this is what actual human life looks like and human health looks like. I think the less hard we're going to be on ourselves about just fucking being human. Yeah. 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 No, I know. What, what did you come up with the idea of the, the name? Like, like did it just, uh, what, yeah. Was it just something that she was like, yeah. It just rolled off your, your head. Like, you know what? I'm tired of people fucking with my head. Let me unfuck it. Like, was that it? Like, what was it? <laughs> I really, I wish I could say it came from my own heart and my own mind, but it wasn't. It was from Tim, the person that I was talking to who told me that I could do a podcast and, and who really believed in me. And he, it rolled out of his mouth. Like, I don't even know where it came from for him, but he was like, should we unfuck your head? And my mind just blew. I was just like... <laughs> that's it. Um, and there were some times even after the fact where, and, and even last night I get some feedback where, Oh, I'm sorry the the title's too offensive. And there were times where I hesitated. I said, Oh, you know, like I, like my goal is to reach a lot of people. What if this, this turns people away? I don't want that. And I, I struggled with that for a little bit, but my, my center point, of doing this podcast is to be real and to yeah. be authentic and to be direct. And for me, cursing or using quote foul language is just a way that I express myself. I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. Um, I have tact. I know when to curse and when not to curse, yeah. you know? Um, and, and so I felt like if I had changed the title, um, I was not being authentic to who I am um, because Tim clearly saw that by calling it unfuck your head would match my style of communicating because I do very much <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know <laughs> like what? to throw out those words. <laughs> you know, um, who was it? It's Gary V, right? Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, a lot of people like, oh, he's too much for me. And I'm like, Maybe he's too much for you, but he's right for someone else. And that's how I look at it. You know, because once you focus 
especially me, when I realized like, hey, let me focus on the 2% that really loves my content and love who I am and stop worrying about the 98% because we live in a world where not everybody's going to like you, but I'm okay with that. Like if I'm not for you, I'm not for you. So keep it. I love it. Exactly. Um, That's what actually drew me to your podcast. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, all right. Well, I already got a, I already got a book that's talking about like unfuck yourself. Well, let me check this out. You know? Um, So like stuff like that is, I don't know, probably just the nitty gritty part from me. Yeah. <laughs> probably just the nitty gritty part from me, but like I'm fine and perfectly okay with that. <laughs> Jake, come here. Sorry, my dog's barking now. Come oh, here, baby. Good. Um, y- yeah, I-, I think I'm glad that I captured your attention. Baby, come here. Come on. <laughs> and this is what we're talking about, right? Of being like authentic. Like yeah, we're yeah. not in a studio. <laughs> my dog saw somebody out the window and is now getting out. Protective. Um, yeah. And yeah, and I, I think the idea of unfuck your head is um is kind of actually backwards, right? I, I even though I call it unfuck your head, there's really actually nothing wrong with your head. <laughs> yeah, you just feel you know, like that. We're not fucked, right? Our our brains and our minds and our bodies and our spirits are actually responding accurately to the things that we are experiencing in the world, it only becomes an illness. It only becomes something that you need to seek out treatment when it becomes so stuck that you now no longer can function. Um, But initially, right, at the beginning point, it was a appropriate human response and reaction to something that happened in your life, whether it was a trauma or someone calling you names um, or, you know, a car accident, whatever. So I, I think that's really uh, an important piece to kind of throw out there. No, I'm glad you. I'm glad you said that. So, okay. would you like to tell the people who uh, about you? Like, hey, like this is me. <laughs> this is this is cat in a nutshell. Because to me, sure. I think your story is outstanding. Thanks. Um, yeah, I've I've been struggling with trying to really narrow down what I see in my mind when, when someone asks me what my story is, because I have such a grand perspective. I can really pull back and look at the big picture that I will, I will start from childhood. You know, I'm a therapist and, and I am also an overanalyzer and I love to digest information. I love to take stories and, and dissect them and understand them. And so, (laughs) I mean, we could start from birth and I can tell you <laughs> everything that has created and, you know, made me who I am today. But I obviously in the interest of time and probably your listeners attention, um, I'll do my best to kind of okay. simplify it. So I grew up in southern New Jersey, um, pretty stereotypical suburban upbringing. Um, my parents were together, had an older, I have an older brother. Um you know, we, our house was at the end of a a cul-de-sac. So, you know, we played manhunt at night and, um, you know, just pretty stereotypical upbringing. Um, but what changed for me in those experiences was a a hyper-focus on relationships, something about me, whether it's my personality or some experience that I had in younger childhood, I was over focused on relationships while, that to me now, as I reflect back, is a 
curse, <laughs> it is also a blessing because it helped me become who I am in, in that I thrive in helping others. Um, and, and that I thrive in helping others in my practice based on our relationship. My rapport with my clients is the single most important thing. And that yields success, that yields progress for them. So um, I experienced some trauma too growing up. My mom, when I was, uh, I believe about first grade, she um, sat my brother and I down with my dad. Um, my dad was aware of this and she told us that she had a, a brain tumor and that they would have to operate and um, that there would be some risks involved. She was very direct, very honest. And when you think about a first grader, um, it was like seven, eight years old, um, seeing the look on my mom's face, hearing her tell me that she might die, um, that she had to have the surgery and she might die. I vividly remember that. And the, the weeks that ensued after where she had to go in for surgery, um, that night of her being in surgery and um, being terrified that she wasn't going to survive. For a child that young, um, it's traumatic. Of course. Fortunately, she survived, um, though not without damage. So when she came to, um, the brain tumor is the back of her brainstem, just to the left. And when they removed the tumor, this is back in 1989, the technology wasn't as precise. Yes, it's they, not like how it is today. Exactly. Um, if it, yeah, it would be totally different if she had the surgery today. Back then, um, the surgeon unintentionally snipped a nerve and caused a paralysis of her face. Oh my God. Um, so when she came to, she appeared as though she had a stroke. What, what other people would, would look at her and say, oh, it looks like you had a stroke. Um, and that destroyed her. She, prior to the surgery, um, had a beaming sunshine smile from ear to ear, full cheeks, She's just a gorgeous woman. And after the surgery that was gone, and she would tell me and she would say, you know, my smile was taken from me, it was stolen from me, and it broke my heart. But how that affected me in the long run was she suffered from depression as a result of that. Um, and it didn't take me, I'm sorry, it took me my adulthood to really recognize that that's actually what she was struggling with. Even though I went through training to become a therapist, um, I really started to understand the neglect and the, the lack of connection that therefore followed between she and I was not a result of our relationship, but was a result of her depression. She wasn't able to be there for my brother and I. So fast forward a little bit, and I'm at the age of 14, pivotal moment in my life. I laugh because it's kind of funny. After school, I'm sitting down, I'm watching Oprah. <laughs> The, the goddess of yes. sharing stories, right? Oprah. Um, and she's interviewing a man called Cameron West. And Cameron West struggled uh, with dissociative identity disorder, where he experienced so much trauma as a child that his personality actually split and split in multiple different yeah, forms. Multiple, yeah, yeah. I, re, I was like, I remember that name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, multiple personality disorder, now also known as dissociative identity disorder. And as I watched this interview unfold, I was completely blown away with how his mind was able to protect himself from the trauma that he was experiencing. And even though people thought he was quote crazy or, or you know, schizophrenic or any other kind of misinformation, it was actually 
a really effective defense mechanism. It allowed him to survive through those traumatic experiences. Um, and I was hooked. That At that moment, I was like, I'm going to be a therapist. I want to know about human experiences. I want to know how the brain works. And there was no doubt in my mind that that's the, the journey I was going to take. Um, and I did it. <laughs> I did it. And here I am. Yeah. Which is great that you realize like, oh man, this sparked the interest. This is where I really want to, I want to learn about, but not only learn about, but maybe I can assist others to protect their souls. Yeah. And, and it took me a while to, to piece those two stories together, right? My mom's depression, her, her traumatic experience and how that affected me. And also this spark and this interest of passion that I had so deeply for understanding the human brain and also for helping others. Um, as I reflect back, it was, as I would say, like kismet, serendipitous, right? It was just the way that the universe had unfolded for yeah. me to do this on this planet. Um, you know, went through school. It was hard. Um, and I can't, I have to say like another, one of the most pivotal moments for me was I used to be a really painfully shy person, which I kind of laugh which, about. Which now. I don't get that vibe, but okay. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's yeah. like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, I was, I was painfully shy. I was really uncomfortable in my own skin. I didn't know what to say, what not to say. Like I would clam up and having conversations with people. Um, but when I went to graduate school, you know, I, I, even with all the insecurity, I was like, I, I have to be a therapist. This is my job. This is what I need to do. And in graduate school, it really pushed me outside those limits um, and really pushed me to test myself. And in that, I found more confidence and I found more security and being able to articulate things. And even if I make mistakes, it's okay. I'm fucking human. Um, and without that experience, I wouldn't have the courage and the confidence to do what I'm doing right now. And so that's been a really beautiful thing to reflect on. And, and I like to laugh about it because had you met me when I was a, a 10 year old or a 15 year old, this wouldn't be happening. <laughs> yeah. You know what, it, when you say that there's certain events and our lives where, you know, you don't realize it's going to change you. And, you know, most people think it's going to change you for the worst, right? Like, oh man, this yeah. situation, you know, my life sucked because it, because of this experience. Right. And to me, it's not about the, the like, oh yeah, it sucked that, that, that trauma happened, but what did you learn from it? Yes. You know, like, what did you learn yeah. from it? You know, and, and I had to realize that, like, the passing of my sister, the traumatic experience of, like, being depressed and not really identifying it. And now, like, what I learned from it is how to be more empathetic, how to look at life in a different perspective, right? It's not about, it's not about what I don't have. It's about what I do have and the abilities, what I can do with it. That's what I learned. And that's what I try to teach everyone that I, I encounter with, you know, it's like, yeah, it sucked. It happened. Realistically, we can't change his past. Like we can't. Right. Right. You know, we have to learn from that experience and move forward. And next time when you see something similar to that, 
you can be more prepared with life experience. Okay, we're not going down this road, or this is how I can handle this, whatever situation that I'm dealing with. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, I, I think I was really graced with that message from my mom um, early on that if you learn from your mistakes or if you learn from your experiences, then it was meant for you. And it was, it, it should be something that you hopefully don't regret. And, and that's hard. It's a hard thing for a lot of people to imagine or agree to when you're talking about loss. You know, um, and I know a lot of people look up to the heavens and look to their spiritual guides and say, you know, why, why would you take this innocent person from me? Um, you know, I lost my mom back in 2018 from cancer. And um, the thing that helped me through that was I knew it was for a bigger purpose. She and I had a very deep spiritual connection. And she struggled her whole life with health, right? From that brain tumor onward, um, it was really hard for her. And I knew that she was, she was done, right? Like she didn't want to keep fighting. Um, And something in that moment when she passed changed me. You know, I I was very fortunate to be with her at the time of her passing. And Um, I remember the very next morning I woke up and I had this overwhelming feel, um, this overwhelming feeling of I'm different, I'm different. And, and I kept saying that in my head, like I'm different and it was strange, but the more I reflect on it, it was like, as though her, this might sound a little wooky, but it's my, it's my story. Um, it's as though her spirit and all the energy that she was trying to do on this planet was transferred into me and that I wanted to, and then had to take on the rest of her journey. And, and I've been doing that. And ever since she passed, my life has sped up tenfold in change. You know, um, I got out of a a very unhealthy marriage and I met someone who showed me what tender love really looks like and care really looks like. I met new friends that really supported me. And my practice has boomed and here I am doing this podcast. I have more confidence, you know, I'm healing. I'm I'm doing all these great things. And, and it's because when she passed something in the, something changed. Yeah. And I used that. Right. I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I grieve, don't get me wrong. There are days where I didn't get out of bed, Of course. Um, but it propelled me to make bigger changes in my life and to reach more people and to, to follow my passion. And for that, I am grateful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I, obviously I'm sorry to hear about your mom, but you know, when, um, like I had, unfortunately I had multiple passings in my life, right. In my family's life. And I remember like looking at like one of my, my cousins, like my older cousins, he was like, a brother figure to me, right? Like my older brother type of thing. And when he had passed, I remember I was like mad at the universe, mad at the world. And I had to realize that, okay, obviously we're in different states where, you know, his mind, his mindset was, wasn't sharp, right? Like he could have took care of himself, but he didn't. And, you know, I was so hard on myself and I was like, man, 
let me stop being hard on myself, right? Let me learn from this experience and let me take care of myself in a way where I really wasn't taking care of myself. Like eating wise, you know, it's kind of hard when you have like a McDonald's every like, you know, three minute walk type of thing. Exactly. And let me um actually do things to better myself and learn from this experience. And then that experience led to me getting closer to my family and learning how to be a better brother, a better cousin, a better nephew, like, you know, and just reaching out a lot more and really slowing down the universe because there's times where, you know, we get wrapped up in our own head. And I was like, okay, I'm going to learn from that and and really try to be a better person. And when you, like, as you said, it sounds weird. It's like a, a energy or a spirit that tells you, okay, like live your life now, right? And you, yeah. and you see the world differently. Like the air yeah. smells different. The color blue, the color red looks different, you know? And you're like, man, okay, things are working out better now. You know, yeah. instead of being in so much anger and pain from this, and learning how to appreciate life and let me let his spirit or her spirit live through me. And, you know, they're always with me and we can always see life from a different perspective. Yeah. Um, what you just said there about the change in visualization, it's almost as if like a veil is lifted. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and I've had that happen like multiple times and each time it's another layer. And, you know, some people call that an awakening, right? Where you suddenly become a little bit more in tune with what's around you. And you suddenly become a little bit more aware of your path and, and how to use your pain and how to use your trauma and your loss to propel you forward and to propel you to do better things. And even as I say that, I'm like, thinking about our listeners of like do better things for yourself. Yeah. Right. Like there's so much pressure to produce and so much pressure to um, become successful and make money and have tons of followers. And I don't think that's really what we want. Right. Like I think at the end of the day, what we really want is to feel okay in our own selves and to feel safe and to feel like we have a purpose on this earth um, and that's not going to happen by looking externally. That's only going to happen when you start to really look inward to yourself and heal yourself. Right. Just like if you shared with me on yeah. my podcast about your story is like, you have to heal the inside yeah. of yourself before you're able to really be quote successful in whatever it is that you want that to look like. You know what? It's going to bring me back to what you were saying earlier about like, you know, the the social media aspect. I call it like the microwave effect. You know, you you can click on someone's page and you see like the success, right? Oh my goodness. They have like, you know, 10 million followers and all these expensive cars. And you don't realize that that person on the outside, yeah, they look successful, but inside, who knows what insecurities that they're battling, right? Right. so that's why I never try to compare my life or it to, to anyone else. It's it's a slippery slope, as they say, you know, <laughs> it, it sure. is, it is. Yeah. Um, so like with that, like, I, you know, I always tell people like, Hey, you know, don't worry about the followers. Just be true to yourself. Whatever happens, happens, you know, let the, let, let God, the universe, whatever you, whatever you, you know, look up to take care of that. If, 
that's meant to happen. That's meant to happen. If you meant to have 10,000 followers, cool. If you wasn't, be okay with it. You know, to me, um, you know, I get a lot of weird DMs, not weird DMs, but I get some DMs and people like, hey, can you shout me out? You got a good amount of followers. And I'm like, dude, I'm no, (laughs) like your content is not resonating with me. And I don't shout people out for the followers. I shout people out because of their message. Like, you know, like I shared, you know, your content without, hey, like, oh, hopefully she can follow me. No, I just shared it because it resonated with me. And I'm like, hopefully, uh, hopefully somebody can understand like, oh man, hey, I, I feel like that too. Who is this person? Let me, let me find out. And, and, you know, like that type of thing. Cause I told you like mental health to me is something that should be talked about and normalized as much as people talk about drinking, right? You see all the beer ads and all the alcohol ads, but you don't really see normalizing therapy ads, right? You see the guy working out, hey, let's normalize the gym. Let's go to the gym. And it's like, okay, physically we're good, but what about mentally? Like those two go hand to hand type of thing. Um, and and it, it, I feel like it's getting there. Um, it sucked that it took a pandemic for it to get there, <laughs> but it is getting there. <laughs> and hopefully, um, you know, you start seeing some more states, you know, you see New York um, doing better protocols. So when somebody call like the cops and they have a, a, um, a person who has a mental illness, they're going to send out the person to really like, who's the specialist. Like there's a lot of pressure on the cops. They don't know how to yeah. deal with somebody if they have like right. a mental health issue. So it's like, of course not. the pros out there who actually know how to deal with it. So I'm like, well, about time. Like, I think it's that state in Colorado that has like a, another number that would send people. And it's like, we're in 2020 and now we're thinking about this. Like yeah. I'm tired of 2020, 2021 is going to still, you're still going to hear the first, this, the first. And it's like, dude, we have to move forward and do better for the human race. hundred percent, man. I applaud you. Applaud you seriously, because like, that's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is that we need, <clears throat> we need to, I want to say catch up. Um, but at the same time, it's like, well, we had to do, we had to get through what we had to get through to get to this point. Yeah. And, and yet yeah, took a pandemic. And, and in that vein, I am thankful, right? Like the pandemic has exacerbated and brought all of the shit up to the surface. Oh, yeah. Not just, all of it. Not just mental health. <laughs> all right? of Obviously yeah. not just mental health, like yeah. the whole system. Everything. Um, yeah. But I think it is beautiful to start to see those changes, right? Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was watching the news and um, at the end of the, the newscast, you know, the, the host said, you know, if you're struggling, if you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling depressed, you're feeling sad, you know, reach out to a friend, reach out to a family member, reach out to a therapist if you need to. And that was like their closing statement. And, and this is, you know, national news. And I just, I sat back and I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. About time. And they got, yeah. And it was like, (laughs) you know, if, if we had seen that in 1990, right. In 1990, before everything started to go haywire. And I say 1990 because I was born in the eighties. So that to me is like, (laughs) in my viewpoint (laughs) is when things went awry. Yeah. Yeah. Being a millennial, we was like the experiments. Yeah. Yes. Um, Things would be different right now. And, and I do have a lot of faith 
and trust that with one person, right? Listening to our stories and listening to our mission and listening to the fact that we're saying, no, really, you're not alone. And really it's okay to hurt. And that hurt doesn't have to last forever. There are things that you can do. You have the capacity to do it, um, to heal. If we can change one person, right? Then, that's then I'm it. done. That's, it. that's yeah, it. I'm done. I did my job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You right. know, um, so I have to ask you this question. Yeah. Being a therapist, mm-hmm. do you find it difficult to... I, I like I know you probably hear like stories over and over again. Like, do you do you find it difficult for you to just all right, let me not attach myself to this person? Let me actually like separate because I'm feel like I'm 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 too invested into this person and not in a way where it's like a bad thing to to help them, but I'm too invested in this person is being a trigger to me. Yeah, this is a really great question. Um there's no short answer to that. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> um, each each person is different for one. Um, some people I resonate with on a deeper level than others. And um sometimes it's because our stories are similar, and sometimes it's because our personalities are similar, or sometimes they just have um, you know, just a deeper level of affection um for a person who's who's struggling. Um, and it's really hard actually for me to say that as a therapist, because therapists are bound by, um, certain ethics and rules, right. About maintaining a a boundary where we are separate from them and we are to not become engrossed with their story or engrossed with their, their, um, progress than that. I cannot be as effective as a therapist if I become their friend, right? It doesn't work that way. Um, And if I am emotionally invested in their success, then I am no longer effective as a therapist. So I'm able to, it's really quite tricky. It's this bizarre dance. It's hard for me to articulate really, but I have those boundaries and I remind myself regularly, probably once a week at least that I can give my all and whatever the outcome is, is not in my control. Correct. So whatever support I give them, whatever advice, whatever guidance, whatever work we're doing, I bring that all to the table, hundred percent. And what they do with that is up to them. Of course. It's, and it's that, like, and that, yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say, it's like that um, old saying, like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. Simple exactly. as that. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. So, perfect. so I keep, yeah, thank you. So I keep that in mind. That keeps me sane um, because obviously my clients are human too and they continue to struggle even despite or even with the, the guidance. You know, therapy is not rainbows and butterflies, right? No, Therapy's no. hard. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of ups and downs. And so um, when they have their downs, I feel it, right? I, I feel that empathetically. Um, I feel that because I am a compassionate human, right? And, and certainly there are, are some clients, particularly children, who, uh, children and adolescents who are struggling, that hits me the, the hardest. Of course. Um, because they don't deserve 
the pain that they're experiencing. They're too young to even process it, to be honest. Yeah. 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 Um, So I'll I'll feel more pulled, right? Um, I have a couple clients right now who are really struggling naturally during a pandemic. Excuse me. Um, And there are times where, you know, at the end of the day, I I tap out. I'm like, I'm exhausted. I'm emotionally drained. Uh, My heart hurts. And, you know, I do my own self-care and I go to bed, but then I wake up the next morning and I don't own it, Yeah, you know, and I have, I have to make that practice regularly so that I'm not stifling my emotion. Like I'm human. I'm going to, I'm going to feel sadness for this person, but I'm not going to let that get in the way of what I have to do. Yeah. Right. Cause at the end of the day, you're providing the tools and guidance for them to, do the work themselves and it's not your responsibility to make sure like you know it's like hey you should be doing this i'm recommending doing this but if you don't want to do this i can't force you to do this you know type of thing um so even like once you man i finally became a therapist like this is my dream was there any doubts or insecurities that you had (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) okay um Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, This is a a really, I like this question too. I love these questions. So this is an interesting um, perplexing dynamic that happens within me. So I have, it, it almost feels like two separate parts of myself, right? There's the confident, secure, I know without a doubt in my mind that what I am doing is good. It's right. It's accurate. Um, I know my field. I know my clients. I know how to do my job. Right. And so in that there's, there's very little doubt. Um, and then there's this other part of me that is still attached to the childhood doubts. Right. And those insecurities that every once in a while I'll feel like, Oh, like, Am, am, am I screwing this up? Like, am I getting too emotionally arrested? Did I say the wrong thing? Um, should I be doing this instead of that? Like, there are still some doubts. But I will say, I'm assessing it internally right now. I will say that, like, percentage-wise, those insecurities are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And my, and my confidence and my assurance in what I am doing with my clients and what I'm doing as, as my purpose on this planet is getting bigger and bigger. And I don't know yet if I even have the words to articulate how fucking amazing that feels. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great. But of course, I, I mean, like you, ha- I have that, but I'm still going to have some, some doubts every once in a while about yeah. Am I doing the right thing? You know, yeah. you know, for me, uh, in the beginning, right, of like telling my story and trying to make a difference on the world, right? Just not even trying to make a difference on the world, but just hoping that my story can help one person, right? Because the power of one person is insane. Like, if you help that one person, you're going to stop that, what I always call generational pain from being passed, right? right? Yeah. Um but like in the beginning, like I was super duper nervous. And then like, as I start learning more ways to articulate my story and learning more ways to really reach people, I don't know, like that insecurity is like, yeah, I still fumble and with my words, it's natural. Right. But like yes. me caring about like, ah, I fumbled on it. It's like, ah, 
fuck it, whatever. We're going to keep moving because it's not about that one mess up that I'm judging myself on. It's about, let me just, hey, people don't care about that. Keep going. Like, keep telling me the story. And once I did that and had that confidence, like the insecurities, like you said, it just became smaller and smaller, you know, and realizing that it's okay to mess up. It's okay. We're going to have that. That We're human, right? We're not robots. We're not programmed to be perfect and take so why why am I having that pressure of being perfect you know like just be who I am and this is how I'm wired this is my perfect this is my this is the perfect version of HB you know type yeah. of thing I absolutely love it I couldn't I couldn't agree more you know like um I think in 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 my storyline too graduate school being like that pivotal moment where I started to have a little bit more confidence in myself there was either a little before or a little after I'm not quite sure um, a moment where I was like, why do I care so much about what other people think of me? Why do I care so much about what other people think of me? Yes. And I, I shifted that a little bit. And I said, I am who I am. I know I'm a good person. I know I am coming with good intent. Um, if I make a mistake, that's okay. You know, pick back up. And if I make a big mistake, that's okay. And and do what I can to make it right. Whether it's apologizing or fixing something or yeah. learning from it, you know, and when that started to happen, when I started to really sit in the feeling of it's okay for me to be me, like things just got better. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm had better connections with coworkers. I had better connections with friends. Um, my clients and I, the rapport just, became that much better and bigger. And, and as a result of that, right, like their success was, was even bigger. I, I've said in other conversations with other people that one of the biggest pieces in my practice, you know, I worked for agencies for a number of years and I had to follow certain protocols and I had to do certain things. And um, I didn't always feel like I could be myself. When I opened my practice, I had enough confidence in my boundaries, right? And my ethics that I knew I could still be myself and hold those expectations for myself within the field, but also let my clients know that I'm a fellow human um, and, and let my guard down, right? Like I don't have that therapist face where I just sit and just nod my head, right? Like I engage with them. Um, and, and if I make a mistake, I highlight it. And if I, I often ask them in the beginning of our, our intakes, you know, if I make a mistake, I want you to tell me that I made a mistake. I want you to feel that that is something that you can do. Um, that increases the, the ability for them to hear what I'm saying about what they can do to heal. And gives them the confidence because they see that I'm just being myself for them to be themselves. And then they get to heal faster. Yeah. Right. Like it. it, it, it's just, it, it unfolds in this most beautiful fashion and <laughs> it, it, it fuels me. Right. It just yeah. fuels me to keep doing what I'm doing. I love it. Uh, this, this is the, this is the part that I hope people can really understand. Like there are therapists out there that, 
have that human touch. You're like, like as you said, there's not that person that's just gonna take notes and nod. Like right. just keep reaching and keep trying until you find that perfect one that you mesh with. You know, the the yes. ability to find that person that's out there. Now we have apps, which is crazy apps and websites where you can look up the reviews and look up the way they articulate their their message and see if that re- resonates with you. You know, it's yeah. something that. Like a grown man, one of cars, like about time, like we see something like that. And we have not only apps, but, you know, we have the Instagram really to really check them to see like, oh, oh, this is okay. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. The social media. Yeah. Vibe. I can, yeah, I can vibe. I can see. I like this person. Let me actually work with them. You know? So it's yeah. outstanding to, to the times that we are moving forward with um, normalizing therapy. Yeah. And, and normalizing therapy, just as you're, you're pointing out is like in the context of it's a relationship Yeah, and just like with any relationship in your life, it, you, it has to, it has to fit. Right. You know, um, there have been times where I've, I've had a client come in and I, it's rare. <laughs> I'm going to stroke my ego there for a little bit, <laughs> it's rare. but I've had a, a client here or there who, you know, like we didn't vibe. And that was okay. And they moved on. And I don't take it personally. In fact, I think it's good because I'd rather them recognize, oh, this isn't, this isn't a good fit for me. Let me try someone else because you need that. Yeah. You know, therapy is hard and I'm in therapy too. I'm not just preaching. I'm doing the work too. Yeah. And being a client myself I can assure other clients that in order for you to really do the painful, ugly, deep work, you have to trust that other person to hold that space for you and not judge you. And that trust doesn't come without some sort of connection, whether you guys like the same music or you wear the same style clothing, or you laugh about the same similar jokes in life, whatever it is that you guys connect on. That's where you can build this sense of trust that, okay, this person gets me. And, and if I share with them these, these wounds, they're going to be able to support me in a way that feels safe and that feels good to me. That's so important. Yeah. Yeah. That's a powerful message right there. I'm just going to drop the mic on that. (laughs) (laughs) I am. That is powerful. Um, (laughs) You know, this is an outstanding interview. Um, what I, what I really want um, to really say is, you know, unfortunately we have to, we have to go, but what is, what message would you like to tell the people that's listening to this? Just one. <laughs> Whatever you want. Like, I'm not going to just put it down to one. It, it could be multiple, but you know, I just want really people to understand. Okay. The thing that I'm being pulled to say is I've had this one quote in my head and I don't know where I got it from. I don't know if I created it or what, but it's, it's, if you never give up, you will always succeed. Simple as that. If you just don't give up, you will succeed. And, and I want people to know that in the same vein of like, yes, you're not alone, but also just don't give up. You know, um, there are moments where it is really dark and it is really hard to just open your eyes, let alone get those feet out of bed and on the floor. Um, but keep trying, you know, don't give up and 
at some point you will feel strong enough and well enough to reach out to somebody for help, whether it's a friend or a podcast or a therapist, whoever, you know, a spiritual leader and, and be humble enough to know that you can't do this on your own. You need the support of other people. That's part of our human nature and, and it's okay to, and, and um, you won't regret it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, tell people how to find you, where your podcast's at and whatnot. Yeah. So um, all major streaming platforms, you can find me. It's Unfuck Your Head. And um, my Instagram handle is Unfuck Your Head Podcast. I love I it. Also, oh, just can't forget. I also have a website that is unfuckyourhead.org where you can still you have access to all of my podcasts there. There's even a little bit of a blog. Um, some of my own stories and some information about my therapeutic perspective. Um, so people can kind of understand where I'm coming from in that, in that way too. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thanks for thanks. coming on. This is outstanding. Um, I learned a lot. <laughs> Which is thanks awesome. for having me. Anytime, anytime. Until then guys, thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.